Life Her Podcast. Her is me, her is you. Her is us, her is she, her is we. United we stand, baby, that her for keeps. I'm coming and I demand my space. I know it's free. I owe myself the world. They tried to count me out. I've been down some dark roads. They tried to pound me out. From cloudy to sunny, ain't think that I would make it out. I needed positive emotions to fill me out. Hi, Anna. Welcome to Life Her Podcast. How are you? I am good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited to have this conversation with you. I really appreciate you for using Life Her Podcast as a platform for people are able to hear your voice and let them know your business and just you as your personal life overall. So I really appreciate you for getting ready to be transparent. Thank you so much. I am. I'm ready. I'm ready to, to, to get into the, to get into the, into it. I'm, I'm excited to be here. So open book. <laughs> yes. So, um, tell me about you, um, empowered by life and being a business coach. Well, um, I, I, uh, I spend it initially, uh, a lot of, of my time in, in the corporate career, in the corporate world, like 18 years. And um, back in 2017, I think it was like probably on 2015, let's say, uh, I might actually know 2014. Oh my God, I got all my numbers mixed. But my <laughs> best friend died of a colon cancer in 2014 after battling over it for the last four years. So he was like really young. We were about the same age, 31 back then. And um, it kind of just made a switch. I always knew that I needed something more that I was, I felt that, you know, I was good at what I did, but I only had kind of like a profession. So really there was no passion in it. So um, this is a little bit story about, you know, how I came, you know, to say, oh, how I became a coach or, you know, or how I realized that 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 the life universe and God was moving me and walking me towards that. So I always felt like this void, like, you know, this is not exactly fully what I need, because every time money came short or my commissions were short, my compensation was adjusted some way or the other, I felt angry and mad. And I was like, this doesn't feel like it's a passion because I see people actually my best friend, the one that died in 2014, he was very passionate. He was a hairdresser. So I see him working with such huge passion, long hours, not getting tired, not really looking forward to work because of the money that he was making despite he was really making really good living because he was really good at what he did. But, you know, money was not the motivation behind what he did. So there was a couple of people, including him, that inspired me and said, you know, this is, you know, what I'm doing. It's not, it's all money driven and success and just looking good from this, from afar, but this is not really fulfilling me internally. This is all outside. So by 2017, I decided to, um, invest the few little savings I had. And uh, I got on a plane and and flew into San Diego. And there I decided to do my uh, life coaching certification. Initially, I wanted to do spiritual coaching, but it was not available at that time. There was not enough people for that group. And I decided, well, you know, I need to get this over. So after Hurricane Maria, I decided I'm down here in Puerto Rico. So it was right after Hurricane Maria, I, I, I decided to do that and to invest my energy and all the savings that I had and everything. And I still 
kept my corporate career up until 2020. I decided to launch it full time and just dedicate, you know, the whole part of Anna to what is to help. Um, what I do is I help uh, women break free from their comfort zone, but comfort zone meaning not being comfortable, but meaning what I call the four P race, which is pleasing, perfecting, performing, and providing for others. Because that's mostly what I did throughout my 18, 20 years careers in sales and marketing and throughout my personal and, and professional life. I mean, all around, that that was me there. So, you know, when you're... When you learn through contrast, when you're there where you don't want to be, and then all of a sudden you like decide, well, I got, I got to do something different. And to that regards, that's how I came into um, deciding to launch my business completely as a empowered clarity and confidence coach. Wow, that is amazing. So what is your experience like now that you are helping women break free? What are some of the things that you do when I see that you are empowered by self-love and you have four pillars? Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yes, I have I have four pillars um, in, in my signature program called Empowered by Self-Love. Um, I do uh, one of the first pillars that I have. And one of the most things that I counter with the people that I work with, with the women that I work with, I guess that. Um, and it's it's a big thing because my program it's a very vast program within those four pillars or a whole bunch of steps and and a whole bunch of inner deeper diving. But one of the things that I found within my public and my audience that struggles with a lot is uh, through um, self acceptance. And one of the things that they do struggle a lot, and it's and it's it's really the core of the four P race: pleasing, perfecting, providing, and performing for others. It's establishing healthy boundaries. So most of the most of the the clients that I had, they don't really re- even realize that they're actually struggling with that until we get into the the deeper dive, and that's when they realize, oh my god, like you know, one of the reasons that I'm oh, I'm happy or unsatisfied or overwhelmed or depleted or I'm just like. You know, sometimes you wake up, he's like, what the heck is wrong with me? You know, it's like something is off. And, and, and you just, you know, you just know the symptom, but you don't know the, the, what's underneath that symptom, that what you're feeling, because you've been on that race for so long that you've lost conscious and uh, alignment with yourself in ways that you lost yourself. And so you don't know what makes you happy anymore, what, what drives your passion, what, what lights you up inside. Um, but from afar, people to see you like you got it all squared out together. So from afar, we, everything looks, looks, you know, fine and peachy. But in the inside, you're like, what the heck, you know, where am I? What am I doing? What's my next step? You know, I'm kind of lost. So um, that's, that's the kind of people that, that, that I help are people that are very successful to a certain degree and point. They're not really lost to others or to what quote unquote would be expected of them to do, but they're lost internally for themselves. So usually they do struggle with, because they are kind of like the jack of all trades, but not only for themselves, but usually more for others than for themselves. Wow. You know, I've, I've noticed like over the years of me just even having conversations with different women, we put so many people before ourselves to a point it becomes something so deep within us where we don't even know who we are Mm -hmm. and we won't know certain things about ourselves until we experience that situation 
And then sometimes we don't even know how to handle it because we never experienced it before, obviously. And it just makes us feel so awkward. And then that's when all our emotions come out and frustrations. And then it fall and helps us like not feel too great about ourselves. So I think it's amazing that you are helping women realize and recognize these things. I think one of the biggest things that I noticed that you do help women with is stepping outside of their comfort zone. Um, A lot of us be so comfortable of what the things that we do when we don't even tap into other things that we are great at. And I see that you stepped outside of your comfort zone to even start something like this. That is so amazing to help other women and that helps you find your niche. So can you give me some more examples um, on how do you help women get out of their comfort zone for them to understand how important it is? Well, one of the things that and when the first pillar, when it comes like what, what exactly what you said and explained, that was a, just a perfect example. When people are just like so used to pleasing everybody else, they forget about themselves. When you're in that scenario, you know, the first step into any change and it does seem to it, it is uh, applicable to this scenario is, um, you know, self-awareness. So the first thing I do when when you walk into the program of Empowered by Self-Love and you're like, well, this could be called woman empowerment yada 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 but um it's empowered it's called empowered by self-love because i feel that at, at the essence of the core of it all is loving yourself you know the you have either two um main um emotions that you act upon either it is love or fear so it's kind of like using uh this new concept of what's actually self-love that it's much more than just looking yourself at the mirror or just liking that reflection of whatever you see that's coming forward or just making your hair and playing doll and don't put me wrong because I love playing doll I like putting makeup on and getting my hair done but I know and I'm aware that the love that empowers me my self-love my source of power does not come from me having the longest eyelashes or the longest hair or the prettiest hair it comes from me knowing myself and that's the first step into empowering yourself through self-love it's actually getting getting an awareness and this and this is uh this is the first step it's one of the most important steps and it sets the foundation for every for the other four pillars to work well because you cannot accept yourself and know how to establish boundaries and know the difference between feeding in and belonging if you don't know who you are you know you can't just own your power and own your story if you don't know what what that story is or if you're hiding that story under the covers under the rug because you feel guilt or ashamed or whatever feelings are surfacing up so this is when uh, I, and i know this account it sounds like uh uh, uh kind of like i always say like if you're reading a textbook sort of, but, um, and, um, some people don't know what values are and we've heard about this for so long, but basically these are the, uh, the beliefs that you hold to be true. And everybody has these beliefs. They don't just don't label them specifically as values. So it's more theoretical, you know, in terms of calling them values or calling them limiting beliefs. I, in my own, uh, kind of special language down here, I use, I put 
Kool-Aid because I don't know how many, and a lot of people that I work with are, you know, within the age range, maybe younger people don't know what a Kool-Aid is, but have you, did you ever had Kool-Aid, you know, when it's just like just water with some artificial flavor oh, yeah. and coloring. Yeah. <laughs> Remember yes. that? That's we real were... Kool-Aid more than us. <laughs> Pouring something in water with no yeah, flavor. Yeah, just pouring something in water with nothing but sugar and artificial flavor, right? Yes. So um, I, I kind of, to make it just more simpler and to have a better, like uh, a more approachable image to, to that or analogy, so to, so to speak, um, I say it's Kool-Aid. So these are the things that, and this is our first step into self-awareness, like becoming aware, what, are, what is your Kool-Aid? What's the things that you've been drinking? What, what's, what's that, that drink that you know that now you know they're not good for you because they were artificial flavors and sugar with water, but you still drank it every single day of your life. And it's still right now as an adult, you're still drinking it. To some degree and to some level and extent, you're still, you know, buying into this Kool-Aid. And these are the things that, you know, you've heard from your parents, from your grandparents, from the teacher, from the school, from every single person that you've been involved in were raised around. And even from your friends, you know, best friends at school, because your best friends at school told you that their parents said that such and such was good or such and such, you should do whatever X, Y, or Z. And these are all the things that we build our, our, our structure and our mindset around these beliefs. And I'm not saying that each and every one, you have to change them or redesign them or whatever. I'm saying that, you know, once you become aware and, and then self-knowledge is kind of like this first step, is like walking into a dark closet and, and, and trying to find that, you know, the light bulb because it's, it's been out because you haven't turned it in for so long that it's just, it, it went out. And, and, and to be able to organize that closet, you need to dust it off and start seeing, you know, opening areas. And when this, you know, the, when the awareness comes in, it's kind of like, you know, you don't get to see the whole closet at once, but you get to see certain areas of that closet. And then you see what's, what's, what's been hiding or just like stored there for so long. And then you, you have compassion to look at it and say, well, you know, listen, do I have to change this in order for me to move along? And, and I have a perfect example of this. And, and it's my own experience. When I was about to launch my business in 2020, I remember that uh, towards the end of, of the time that I spent uh, as a business development, um, I was thinking, you know, Oh my God, I really need every, every passing day. I hated more and more my job. I had already built some foundation for my business, but I was really, I didn't even know why I was stalling so much the, you know, just the crossover to completely launch it and say goodbye to my corporate career. And at that time, you know, because I knew that this was not only about quitting my job, but it was about changing my life completely. Cause I was not going back to sales and marketing for whoever, I was just not going back to that industry ever again. So it was a complete, a complete shift. So, and I was just stalling this decision. I remember um, having such a hard time opening my computer and time to run reports and, and whoever's listening that actually has worked with uh, CRMs or Salesforce or whatever the name you might have on them. I remember just like hating every minute of it, opening my computer, having stomach pain, headaches, like my body was aching. I couldn't take it anymore. Not because I didn't know how to run a report and, and update information on the system because I just, my body was like, you have to go. What are you waiting for? And I knew it. I was present to all the feelings and the energy that were going through my body, but still I was stalling it. 
So this is when self-knowledge came in, in that process, when I realized that one of my values, I went back to my values. And the first value that I had was independence and the way that I define the independence to be in my life, you know, because we might share the same value. Perhaps you have independence also in your top three values, but you might have a different definition for it or perhaps it's love or family. So it's not only important in the step that you know what's your value, but also how you define it to be. So what I did for me was, okay, so being independent sounds like, for me, for Anna, sounded like, you know, you ha- you can't be vulnerable, you, ha- you can't ask for help, you have to be the provider, the plan A and the plan B for all your needs. So it meant a whole bunch of stuff that was actually the reason that I clinged on into that uh, corporate career for so long, because it basically sufficed and filled up my first value, which was independence through that career, I was able to always be, you know, I was always able to provide for my financial needs. And was for most of the time, I would say like 90% of the time, I was always providing for myself. So I was strong, you know, um, it made me look good from afar. So and then I knew that in order to launch my business, I needed to get my things straight. But I also I knew that along the way, I would have, I was going to need support at some point. And that value and the way that I defined it was really blocking my way into me launching my business completely. And this is just one example of, of many others that I've encountered with, with, my, with myself and with my clients. And that's why self-awareness is so important because it gives you the tools. The, it, that's when you step into the clarity and you say, oh, so now I get it. You know, I was very puzzled why I don't lounge. I just don't go full time on my coaching career. I was, I had no idea. I was, I was like, isn't this what I do for other people? Why am I stuck in this? You know, I was kind of challenging myself at that point. And when I discovered that that was it, I was like, yes, I just, I owned it. I like light just, I, I was just lit up inside and I was like, well, now I just, I don't want to get rid of this independence value. I believe it's still part of who I am and I'm not going to change my essence. But what I did was I redefined it. I looked for other ways and other definition towards that same value that would help me and empower me into what I needed to do now, which was really clear inside out of me uh, that I needed to quit my corporate career and launch my business full-time as a coach. That's amazing because that it takes a lot for someone to even leave corporate because um, I was just having a conversation with my close friend last night and she is ready to step out of faith and, you know, launch her company, which she already does on the side, but she want to do it full time. But leaving corporate compared to getting corporate money and you stepping out, you do yours as many sacrifices you got to take, too. And you got to think about, like, multiple bills that you have and everything. So I know the corporate world, I see it has scarred a lot of people, but it has motivated a lot of you to step out on faith and do the things that you are good at. And um, I applaud you for doing that because you are doing an amazing job. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's great. I actually, I don't get, I don't get, uh, I, I don't give myself credit enough for that, but yes, it's, it's a wonderful thing that you, uh, the, I, when, when I, when I, the first time I said it, 
I don't know what coaching is, but I saw somebody doing coaching, uh, you know, it, it was like a leadership workshop. Mm-hmm. And, and back then I, I had just lost my best friend. So I was kind of in this, like, what the heck moment? What am I going to do? What's my next step? I don't know. Kind of lost, you know, like I lost my North and I don't know where I'm heading to. And so there was this question that they say, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And, and basically they just cornered you like on a, on a group. And uh, everybody was asking you that. So you would just like, instead of thinking it and just say what really was in your heart, that was kind of like the point of the exercise, not giving you time to breathe or to, or to think. So you would literally say what you actually really, really, really wanted. And I had no idea back then because I was lost, but I had already seen that coach, you know, go up and down that stage and move people. And she had me in, in, in the corner of my seat and I had no idea she was a coach. I just knew, I guess she was, I don't know, somebody who was speaking. I had no idea that that was called coaching. Um, and I remember when they asked me and I was like, I don't know, like uh, I got like over cornered up. And then I said, I want to do what she's doing. I don't know what that is, but I want to do that. You know, and, and it took a lot from that moment up until 2020. It went, that was probably five years. It took me five years for me to say, you know, and work it thoroughly, because it was kind of, it also was kind of like uh, my self-definition sometimes, and maybe mm-hmm. for your friend that now is yeah. like trying to launch it. It's like, she's built her self-image around what she's, she's been doing for, I don't know, XYZ time. And it does take time for you to redefine that and, and rise above the definitions of what you think that you've been or what defines you. And that's, again, it brings us back again to self-knowledge and awareness. So who you are besides or furthermore than, you know, the roles that you play in life, whether you're a mother, a dad, a son, a daughter, a nephew, or you're a CEO or a CFO or a lawyer or attorney, you know, behind the roles that you play, you know, a business development for me or whatever, sales and marketing expert, who was Anna besides that, you know, mm-hmm. aside from that, what, what is that you really, really are? And that's when you tap into your real purpose and passion. And this is why this pillar is very, very important. Not only you discover that, but you, um, get to match, you know, kind of, I do this matching exercise with my clients where I take them. Okay. So you have, you know, so how does this value and the way that you defined it is, can you simplify this in your life? You know, so what are the things that you do that go in alignment with this? And then, oh yes. And now I, I, I realize that, you know, let's say family is one of the values and time with family members. So you're like, oh, so that's why I tend to, you know, I don't pursue my passion because as a mother, I feel that I have to cater to my kids needs before mine, you know? So yeah. you see that. You get to mix and match. Oh, this is why, you know, like, and, and and then you you get to tie that knot and make sense of, you know, what are things that you've been thinking, what have you been acting on, and then your results. So the, we do that mix and matching and putting those pieces in into alignment. So you'll be able to see where I'm at. So that's, that's the self-awareness, where I'm at, but from the inside out you know, in terms of uh, other coaches or maybe other type of coaches like business coaches, we're analyzing why you took X, Y, Z decision, where you're at financially, where you're at in your business. But here is more like an internal mapping, you know, where you're at internally with you and you. Okay. Now that's, that's really good. 
Now, I really want to get into you. Um, we helped many people with all of the advice that you have given us as far as your company and the things that you do. And you are really great at it because I love everything that you had touched based on because it's so important and it's really helping someone on the inside more than the outside and even the steps and um, that you have going for it for people to understand who they are. It's amazing. So can you let people know as far as the things, the different trials and tribulations that you went through for you to even get where you at today as far as the things that you experienced as the younger Anna? Yeah, well, you know, um, uh, when, when I was first, um, I, I think that I, I had a, a really, even though my parents had me when they were young, I had so to speak, a really nice childhood. I, I, I don't believe I was in need of anything. I was not rich, but all our needs were met. And for everything that my mother and my father couldn't cater, there were, my grandmother was there to step in in the game. So nice. I had, I had like the, I know everybody thinks that they have the best grandmother, but for me, you know, she's mine. So, and she passed away too in 2017, but she was like my mother. And, um, so I, 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 before talking about the, the, the struggles, I have to be grateful and cognizant about all the blessings that I had. And up until like my 18, 18 years, I, I was very blessed. And I had a very, um, I mean, my parents, you know, as anybody else, they were not perfect parents, but you know what I mean? All in yes. all, generally speaking, it was not a really traumatic, um, uh, yeah. uh, upbringing. And but, that's a blessing. Yeah, and that's a huge blessing because I've heard like really badass stories. But with with uh, with my grandma, whatever I guess because she was always there, um, and, and my mom had a lot of flaws because she was a kid raising up kids. But my grandmother was always there, like a hundred percent of the time, to step in the game, and so we never felt like we needed any anything emotionally or financially or whatever. So when I was about 15 years old, I don't remember well, I think I was a teenager. I know because of the place where it took, that conversation took place and the place where I was living, I would guess more or less the, the, uh, the, the age that I was. So I'm thinking maybe between 15, 16 years old, because my mind kind of blocked that out. I'm not certain about the specific age I had, but I'm probably a teenager between 15 and 16 years old. And there, there was always this uh, gossip that was like around the house that I was the unwanted child. We're three with we're three kids. I'm the only girl. But, you know, I just like kind of overheard some things here and there. But nobody actually ever sat with me to tell me the story behind my conception. And actually, now, that uh, you know, as an adult woman, I think that I was completely unnecessary. And for all those parents out there, if you're if you're doing if you didn't want to have one of your kids or whatever, you know, and they ask you or you want to tell them, please don't. It's not something that's going to help them in any way. And it's really unnecessary, especially if, you know, if that already happened and, and, it, you know, you have a healthy kid and a healthy family, there's no need to go back to things that, especially if your kid is not, you know, I was a teenager, so I didn't have the, um, uh, 
the knowledge, the skill set to be able to manage and channel that information. So my mother told me how my concept, the story behind my conception, which I already back then knew kind of some, uh, some of it. And uh, she said that, you know, because my, my brother was like uh, six months when she discovered that she was pregnant of me. So she wanted to have an abortion, but you know, her period didn't come in, but the, 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 the pregnancy test came in, came out negative for like about four months or she was already on a, the second trimester when it finally, you know, uh, the, when, when the results finally turned out to be positive. So, okay. um, so she was like, she was all the first trimester. She was trying everything she could for her period to come, whatever, nothing worked. She was obviously pregnant and nothing worked. But at the same time, she didn't went to a clinic of abortion because the, the pregnancy test, quote unquote, said it was negative. So long story short, that I guess that I was meant to be born, right? Um, and when she finally, you know, uh, confirmed that she was pregnant, she was already like four months pregnant. And, and she wanted to go ahead that same day and just like get it over with. But then my, my dad came in and kind of sat and had this candid conversation with her. And she, you know, said, kind of negotiated with her. Like, I know you want to study. She was like 17 years old when that happened. And so don't worry, you know, I'll study and I'll work and, and I'll study and I'll work and I'll, and, and, you know, you will just, you'll, just keep studying and I'll watch in for you. So that was kind of like, like, and, but you need to have this child, you know, kind of like that kind of a negotiation. You give me this, I'll give you that. You have this child and I'll let you, I'll, I'll step out of school and I'll work full time and I'll provide whatever needs to be provided, but you have to have this child. He actually even said that he knew in his heart that I was going to be a girl. Cause, and that was, and there was no sonograms back then or whatever. Cause I was 1980. I was born in 1983. So, so I guess he was right. And, and, and it, what that did um, with me was that I basically, um, what I, with, with that conversation internally, I made kind of agreements with me and these, now I know they're called binding agreements, right? So what I did was when I was 15, 16 years old, I did a binding agreement. So I, I was mad and, and hurt inside as I was hearing this story. I never interrupted mm-hmm. her. I wanted to because I was, I was feeling uncomfortable. But I didn't, I heard her through, I, and I let her finish. And then what I did was like, I am going to make you regret this. You know, you are going to regret that, that, that from your three children, I was the one that you didn't want to have. Cause I'm going to be better than anybody. I'm going to exceed. I'm going to overperform. I'm going to do everything. So every single, uh, uh, you know, goal or, or accomplishment that I do, it's just to prove you that you were wrong. You were wrong to think that. And, and because I'm going to be better than, than anybody my age or my, even my siblings, mm-hmm. you know, you're just going to regret this every single day. So that at the end, long story short, was 18 years down the road. I realized when, when my best friend died that I did all sorts of decisions professionally and personally, based on everybody else's expectations of what I was supposed to do. So I ended up in an 18-year race of pleasing, perfecting, performing, and providing, and doing things that from the outside looked good, but deep inside, I was miserable. Because I didn't accept myself. So right. what, what, I, I, I had a hard time saying no to people 
whether it was a coffee or something big, whatever it was, I was just like pleasing everybody because all I wanted was to be accepted. So that was kind of like feelings of rejection just bottled up inside of me. So it was really hard. Um, I did use it to some extent for the better because I, based on that, well, you know, I, I had quote unquote kind of like it's over average career in sales and I was successful to a certain degree, you know, successful than most of the kids my age. Cause I was, when I was 20 something, 26, mid twenties, I was making 80 grand, which is not bad for a 26 year old, you know? No, and, um, so, you know, I had quote unquote more or less a sexual career. I did a master's degree that I'm still paying the loan of it, but guess what? Why I did it? Because I thought that that was what they were expecting of me. And also, none of my siblings had done a, uh, a formal, you know, they never had a BA or associate degree, anything, any formal uh, training or, or study or any degree, any college degree. So I said, you know what, I'm not only, I did my BA. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do my MBA. And, and, and back then, then I kind of like stopped myself because they were pushing me. Oh, are you going to do your doctor's degree? And I'm like... Huh, that's really like I then I kind of start by, by by then I started like tapping into me and saying hmm I'm not gonna jump into that and 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 thank God I did stop because it 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 was it was not gonna take me anywhere yeah and then and now it will make it you know even more difficult for you I'm glad that you noticed those different signs within yourself that it wasn't really helping you. It was really making you feel bad for yourself. So it's good that you noticed that early on. Um, Sometimes experiences in life create us to end up transforming our lives to either good or bad. And you actually did something good out of it, even from when you lost your best friend, because obviously that made a huge impact on your life in it actually made your impact on a positive way for you to view life totally different and that's that's good I'm I'm actually proud of you because some people usually go the opposite direction but yet you went in a great direction yeah I guess that I always say that your story is your superpower so you have to own it I have to also say that um tool to this day after I decided to work with myself inside out and all I went through all these steps and the internally I had no idea that I was actually doing a program that it was going to end up being a program I guess that the the the, when I've most grown in my life is when I've been down in my knees down in the pits crying depressed that's where I got in my most knowledge of myself the most learning um I've never, you know, I've never, ever grown out of my comfort zone. I've never done that. Um, and I believe that there is so much growing opportunities there when you step out of your comfort zone. And the people that I talk to um, are, are, are women that basically they, they, their comfort zone, it sounds like you're comfortably just couch potating and seeing Netflix. And that's not the comfort zone that we're talking about. The comfort zone with with the women that I talk to are, are they 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 quote unquote look successful they good they look good from the outside with their comfort zone is looking good and and doing all these things because of the lack of acceptance because they feel that you know they they feel that fitting in is the same thing as belonging 
and your sense of belonging can never be greater than yourself, your sense of acceptance. And I believe that, you know, my second step into this program and empowered by self-love is self-acceptance. And that's the core of self-love. That's when you tap into the connection, the courage, and the compassion that you need. So when you know your story and you're able to put yourself out there vulnerably, you know, you're like, you're there, you're putting yourself to be in a vulnerable spot. You're, you're able to inspire other people and, and, you know, to, to make your story, your superpower. I had this client not a while ago that said that she wished she had a giant eraser to wipe out all her past and all the decisions. Cause let's face it, you know, sometimes you take a look to back to the memory lane and you're like, Oh shoot, you know, I should have when, you know, left and not right up and not down, you know, and, and then we start questioning all your life choices and decisions and why you should have, and what if, and what if, you know, but when you really forgive yourself, when you accept what it is as it is, you know, you, you take opportunities for growth, for advancement, for expansion, you know, so th this is all about expanding ourselves. And yes, putting yourself in a vulnerable spot expands yourself. And what we think and what we one of the Kool-Aids that we believe that's the contrary is that we have to show yourself to be, you know, to have it all together, you know, to have to ace your game, to be the jack of all trades, you know, whatever that might look for you, you know, to be pleasing, perfect and performing and doing all these stuff that you usually aren't, you're not really even tapping into your own authentic self. You're forgetting about what your heart says. You're forgetting about your internal GPS. And that's where the third steps co comes in. Um, which is stepping, you know, breaking free from your comfort zone and stepping into your own flow. And, and what I teach is that, you know, how to be in the flow with your goal and this step, how, because your goal sometimes takes control of you. And it's because, and this is where the, the overperforming P comes in. Performing means overperforming. I remember myself and I have so many um, uh uh, examples of how I overperform consistently. I, wow. how do I self-impose timelines, you know? Oh, so I wanted to turn it in two weeks before my boss told me that I needed to turn in that self-imposed timelines, like really, really high expectations of myself. So even when I got it, when I aced what I was doing, even when I crushed my goals, I was like, yeah, that's not enough. And I was always wanting more and more and more. And it was because I was not even satisfied because I didn't even know who I was. And I wasn't even satisfied with me because that if you don't know who you are then who are you going to be satisfied and content with you know and it was all about at the end when when I when I dive deep 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 I discovered that it was all my my lack of self-acceptance and self-love towards me towards me that was really busting and you know part of my French was busting my ass in all these areas you know yeah but I was but I was the one who needed to take control of that and ownership and, and and this is the thing. I know a lot of people that probably heard your podcast and other podcasts as well. They've heard this. This is not. And then I get. I have an ebook where I have a lot of disclaimers. Disclaimer here. You know. Yeah. Alert, spoiler alert. I'm not going to tell you. And one of the spoiler alerts. I'm not going to tell you anything that you have not heard before. But I hope, for God's sakes, that you freaking wake up and you pull your head out of your between your legs. You know, because yes. a lot of people have already heard this. You know. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, you know, if you're going through cancer or somebody's going through cancer in your family or, or whatever other disease, or if you lost your job or you're heartbroken, this program, Empowered by Self-Love, was done after the biggest and hardest breakup I've ever had. I was my freaking darkest hour. 
But I knew in my heart, I had to get the freaking out of there because I was dark. I was pitch black. I had no idea where I was going to go. I was down on my knees. I lost like 20 pounds. I couldn't even eat. My stomach was like, I had a, like a, a knot in my stomach. It was horrible. I had yeah. anxieties and panic attacks. I was, I was miserable. And, and, and then I started tapping into my own self and saying, okay, so let's just write because I need to get all of this out of my system. So I just started journaling, like free journaling. And one thing took me to the other and the other. And, then I, and it was like the, the most spiritual growth I've had were during those six to eight months. And after those six and eight months, I guarantee you, I followed all these steps and I was out of my heartbreak. But what I saw after that I created that program, I was like, wait, you know, this actually could work for any other situation. Mm -hmm. You know, you could actually be empowered by self-love and you don't have to be heartbroken. Maybe you're just going through a transition to, you know, whatever, a change, Uh, you know, you're going through transitions or changes that, you know, are moving your floor and you don't know where to go, or you're, you're blaming everybody else for your results because it's easy to blame the pandemic now that we are the way we are for our results or for our lack of business or because we were kicked out of our jobs or because we're, we're in, in a financial distress. But I'm here to tell you that whatever your situation is, you have the power to change your circumstances. And I, again, I know disclaimer, every other person probably around the corner has told you this, every other book you've read this, but you know, Maybe today is a day you need to listen to this and maybe today it clicks within you. And I'm hoping that's the case because then, you know, my purpose here is done, you know, drop the mic, you know, and (laughs) and that's my, and that's my purpose and passion. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, when, when people have those, uh, they have those windows of perspective cleared up for them. That's, that's such an amazing process to see when people light up, when their eyes open, when their facial expression just changes, you see their energy is shifting to as well. It's incredible. It's just like seeing a baby born again. You could literally be born again through your own, you know, the the best you could do, the best thing you could do. And this is what Oprah, I love Oprah. Everybody does love Oprah, I guess. (laughs) I'm not the others and millions and millions of people that love her. But what she says is that, you know, the best thing you could do is take time. And that's, she says that every single time, take time to be fully present. And when you do that, you know, with that in your hand and and using that as a tool, you can go through all these steps, self-acceptance self-awareness, self-acceptance, and then stepping into your own flow. And then I take my clients to that further step when they work with me one-on-one, where I take them into the mastery, you know, what's the bigger and, and, and greater purpose? How do you pay it forward? You know, how do we tap into that greater purpose of what you came here to do other than being an assistant, it's like whatever is it that they do? You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes. Well, before we um end the podcast, um, let me let our listeners know something empowering for them to be able to keep going and move forward and to a point where they won't just give up and just continue on with their lives because it's so important for you to understand self-awareness and hold yourself accountable. Could you give them something um, inspiring to think of and 
leave with and be like, I remember Anna saying this? <laughs> well, I have a couple of them, but the first one that came in and I think, well, I have two. Because <laughs> this, I'm going to tell you the first one that I, I read this question. My favorite book is called Conversations with God. Um, and this is, one of, this is one of the questions that I found in that book. And um, I am translating in my mind right now because I have the Spanish version. Um, it says like, oh, what's, the, what's the best version of you? And how would your life change if you surrender to that best version every single day? Wow. That's something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you don't really need a really huge explanation on that, that answer for me was, I was really, I was really tapping into my own authentic and truest self. I was very inspired when I, when I read that, I read that book while I was doing these, uh, the empowered by self-love and I was healing my heart from, from that breakup. And all I answered when I read that question was the best version of Anna is a free version. You know, like how, when do I experience the most amount of freedom? You know, sometimes it's just the simplest thing because they mm-hmm. hold the most value behind it. And the second question that I have, or the second thought, food for thought that I would leave your audience with is, you know, what's the greatest, and, and kind of similar, what's the greatest uh, or greatest aspect of your personality or of you? And how can you, and how can, how do you, how can you surrender to it every single day? So for me, it was like the greatest um, part of myself that I want to surrender to every day is my intuition. My intuition is on spot, you know, and I just love it. And it just, it, it's a win-win for me and for everybody around me. So, mm-hmm. and, and maybe it's just that one word. You know, and and you're able to answer these questions precisely and very authentically when you have been have been working on yourself enough to know what's the greater greatest verse greatest uh, aspect of your personality or the best version of yourself. You know, even though you don't live it, you don't live there every day. Perhaps you're not always tapping into your intuition or feeling the the freest person on earth. But you do know that that's your backbone and you could always return Mm -hmm. to that. That is so true. That is so true. Well, thank you so much, Anna. I really appreciate you for even sharing such so much information. And this is can be very helpful for someone that really need the help as far as helping themselves. And I really appreciate you for doing that. Thank you. I had the most amazing time sharing with you. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Life Her Podcast, where we help heal women all over the world. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Life Her Podcast, and check out our YouTube page as well. And make sure you subscribe. You can also look onto our website and you can purchase merchandise and listen to the podcast episodes. I am Yvette Lloyd. I am Life Her. Love yourself, ladies. Take care of yourself and others you love dearly.